Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. Whilst you're still standing, please turn together with me to 2 Corinthians 5.10. Our anchor text for the past few weeks. This will be the fourth part of the series, Living in the Light of Eternity. 2 Corinthians 5.10, Amplified Classic. Let's read together as a family. One, two, three, go. For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body. Whether good or evil, I can hear you now, considering what his purpose and motive have been, and what he has achieved, been busy with, and given himself and his attention to accomplish it. Living in the land of eternity, part number four, our Father, once again, we thank you for the honor to gather at your feet and beseech you to take a call of fire from the altar of heaven. Place upon the lips and the tongues of clear of your servants, and that tonight I will come to your people online, onside, with a word from the throne of grace. Help me to go beyond my study, contemplation as I hide myself behind the cross of Calvary. With us always, the glory will be yours and yours alone. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Amen. You may be sitting in God's wonderful presence. Living in the light of eternity, by number four. Again, as my cross-up is and has been, I want to encourage you to please endeavor to track the first three parts of this series available online various platforms to please hear over and over again until they become a part of us. We can't overemphasize on the great import of eternity consciousness, being eternity minded. And I think the underscore word is not so much of eternity as much as being conscious of the reality and the existence of eternity. We left off last Sunday in part number three as we remind ourselves of the three warnings. I guess it'd be a bit more than that, but three warnings Jesus gave regarding the believer's relationship with possessions, properties, material blessings, if you call them that. Number one warning found in Luke 12, 15. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. They're clearly enough helping us to understand that the value, the worth, or the measure of a man's life is not in numbers, not in finances, not in things. The next one he gave was about the possibility of man losing his soul. Again, 
Matthew 16, 26, amongst many other scriptures. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Again, he was saying the value and the worth of a man's soul is higher than the entire world. That's why the Bible says he is eager, he is long-suffering, willing that all men be saved. Because one soul not being saved is more valuable than the entire world. So every soul is precious. So when one person responds to the altar call, that's a very precious soul. Whilst we celebrate the numbers, each soul is valuable and is important. Number three one in the gave is that it's possible to be rich by way of possessions, materiality, but fail to be rich towards God. Very important, please follow me. Luke 12, 19 to 21. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take that ease. Relax. Calming down. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So he can be rich materially, but fail to be rich toward God. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. And we saw that God wants us to handle material things loosely because of the law of decay and corruption that is acting upon all human endeavor. Bible declares in Romans 8, I believe verse 19 thereabout, it says the entire world groans, travails in pain, waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God. The entire world, the trees, the land, the star, the moon, the entire world is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. For in the manifestation of the sons of God shall be the redemption of Things that are under the law of corruption. Praise God somebody. Hello somebody. Praise God. The Bible in Obadiah 121 says, And the saviors shall arise upon Mount Zion. And by that they will judge the Mount of Esau. In other words, the entire world is waiting for a people ayah, to emerge and their title will be called saviors. They are called the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That's why we've been teaching over and over again that the answer to the darkness of the world today is the church. Not just the church. The church arising. The church emerging to take a place of power, of dominion and might. Hiya. He said, shortly Satan shall be bruised under your feet. Romans 16, 20. Jesus is the head of the church. 
and the church is the body of the head. Correct? Come on, come on, come on. And the feet is not found at the head. The feet, yeah, 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 yeah. The feet is part of the body. Oh, come on. So the part of Jesus that will deal, as it were, as it were, the final blow on the enemy is the church. Mm. Oh. Adam was first created. And Adam was taken into a deep sleep. And Eve was revealed from the side of Adam. In a like manner also, from the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, the church was birthed. And that church is the expression of Christ that is going to deal a blow against Satan. Yes, I like that. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's called the mystery of godliness. The angels behold said, what is going on earth? So they say, what is man? That, that one, mindful of him. What is man that you visit him? You know, even the angels are amazed. I feel like jumping. They are amazed at the place that man has taken in the scheme of redemption. I mean, they watch God send his son to the earth. And they watch his son die, not for angels, but die for man that was created but fell, went to hell, rose triumphantly, not for angels, but to see that man was redeemed or is redeemed. And they're saying, what is it about man that you're mindful of? Well, that's the expression of the bride that is going to deal a blow against Satan. Say a big amen. Come on, that's who you are. Praise God. So we're not on the beggarly side. No, we are on the winning side. Do, do, do you know that angels literally, as well, literally, they, they don't only admire you, but they're envious of your destiny. Do you know one of the reasons why Satan does not like you as a believer? Because he is jealous. He is jealous because he fell. He can't be redeemed again, but Adam fell. Guess what? Before Adam fell, it was written in Revelation 13, 8, that the lamb was slain where? Before Kamokaya, before the foundation of the world. That means before Adam made the wrong move on the chessboard in the magnanimity and the graciousness of God, his son died at the back of eternity. And you tell me you're not valuable? Hey, we are the church. The world is waiting for you. Hallelujah. 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 Is the mystery of godliness. We who once were no people. Kaya. Have become the very people of God. Have you read in your Bible. That the saints. Such angels. Have you read it there? Oh it's in your Bible. Hallelujah. We see that we're called by God to handle material things loosely because it's death doomed 
is decay doomed, is corruption doomed. And by the way, we are not of this world. Philippians 3.20 says that our citizenship, our what? Our what? Our what? That should be NLT. Our citizenship is of heaven. I, I trust that your spirit is rising. You, you may carry the green passport as a Nigerian, but if you're a born again child of God, listen, you're not just a mere Nigerian. You are a citizen. You are a citizen of heaven. Listen, there is, there is, there is the right of citizenship. If you're born in England, born in Ireland, born in USA, born in Canada, there are privileges of being a citizen of those countries. And we're saying here, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not just a citizen of Nigeria. Oh, I wish somebody can hear me out. But you are a citizen of where? Of heaven. There are blessings that appertain to your citizenship of heaven. And John the Baptist said so in John 3, 30 and 31 that he that is from above is above. That means you, you need to have an above mentality. In the office, please have an above mentality. In the banking hall, there must be an above. I call this a spiritual, a spiritual superiority complex. Let me say it again. A spiritual what? Superiority what? You know, you're used to knowing, oh, that person has inferiority complex. I feel inferior. No, 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 no. This one is spiritual what? Superior complex. No shaking. So when the hair valley tells you, ah, I'm going to the village, say, ah, I say, I drink blood. You drink, you drink goat, you drink cow, chicken, I drink blood. Higher order of blood. My eyes are red. I drink every day blood, 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 blood. That is superior spiritual mentality. You're from above. It's just that your mind hasn't begun to bring this reality. It's not fact, it is truth. That he that is from above is above all. There must be a, a renewed consciousness. As you go about your day-to-day -day business, have an above mentality. Have you read before Ephesians 2, 6 to 8 that we are seated with Christ on the right hand of the Father where far above principality, dominion, might, and power and above every name named. Where are you seated? Where? At the right hand of the Father. Where? Above. Above cancer. Above disease. Above HIV. Above COVID-19. Above delays. Above barrenness. Hello, somebody. Where are you? Above. Rising. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Above mentality. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go further tonight. Saints, it's important to understand. The absolute nothingness of things in the light of eternity. Hmm. 
A man who is wealthy and is on his dying bed has little or no concerns for his wealth. Right or wrong? Right. Right. That is, you know, one. You live with him for many months. Your elder brother. Nothing meant anything. Multi-billionaire. Nothing. Not the oil and gas companies. Not the farm in Benin. Nothing meant anything. You know why? At that point in time, your only focus is where you're crossing over into. And that place is called eternity. Oh, yeah. If you could tell late Okumbo, blessed memory, to have paid a billion to buy 20 years easily. My father on a sick bed in London Clinic, if you could pay anything to add 10 more years to his year, he would pay for it. Listen carefully. I said that to be practical so we can go to see that image. The same way, yeah, nothing seems to be valuable to a dying man. Likewise, by revelation, we are to live as dying men. I wanted to see my well. So to a dying man, Rolex, Benz, Rolls Royce, it's meaningless. And this is the revelation the Lord gave Apostle Paul primarily in the, in the epistles about the law of death that brings life. He was the one who by the Spirit downloaded 1 Corinthians 15.31b I die daily. You see, that kind of death, you can't cover grounds. No, it's a daily matter. You bring your body daily. You die daily. Romans 12.1 You present your body as a living sacrifice daily. You don't die, it's finished. Every day. You see, that concept is this. That I've seen a picture of eternity. And everything here is nothing compared to there. So I live my life with that sense of looseness to natural things. It's a journey. You don't get it overnight. We're all going towards that point. But it's Paul that said, listen carefully. You wonder, what is that? Huh? That death works in us. And life works in you. Now, some of you say, hey, pastor, don't go there. I don't want to die. No, I'm not saying die physically. You live long. Say amen now. That's what you want to hear, right? You live long. Yeah, say amen. God bless you long life. But after 120 years, there's something after that. So this thought of the reality that your days are numbered, grip us, and now regulate our thoughts, our choices, our decisions, and our actions. We're going somewhere tonight. All right. Eternity is not just merely an endless period of time. Please listen carefully now. I want to drop a few things for you tonight. 
Eternity is not just a prolonged, endless period of time. It is true, eternity has no beginning. Eternity has no ending. Listen carefully. Eternity speaks of that which is out of time, in time, before time, and after time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is in time, is before time, is after time, and is out of time. Please listen. Our God, listen carefully, is an eternal being. He is an eternal being. And a confrontation with God is a confrontation with the reality of eternity. God does not live in time. God lives outside time. And from outside time, he controls, as it were, he manipulates time. The Bible says in Psalm 90 verse 2, please write down. Psalm 90 verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world even from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. Hello somebody. Hello somebody. That's Psalm 90 verse 2. Let's go again. So sweet. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world even from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. In the same chapter 90 of Psalms number 12 says this so teach us wow to number our what? Our days. Those days are appointed. So they are numbered. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Oh yeah. So God is eternal. Please listen. And God dwells in eternity. Alright. Psalm 90 verse 12 gives the impression that man is in time and his days are numbered. Correct? Obviously. We'll just read it, right? So man is in time, his days are numbered. But I'm going somewhere. There is a paradox somewhere. Now, God introduced himself to Moses in Exodus 3, 13, 14, as the I am that I am. I'm with us. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come into the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, 
What is thy name? What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Moses asked. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. Now, that I am it, Yahweh. He's the one who is and the one who will be. It talks about the eternal nature of God. He's eternal. He dwells in eternity. Write down. Revelation 1.8 I am Alpha and Omega. Hello somebody. Hiya. The beginning and the end said the Lord which is which was which is to come the Almighty. So we see again a clear description of God being an eternal being. He's before. He's in time. He's after time. So in God, listen carefully, the past, the present, and the future, they collide. In God. The past, the present, and the future, they collide. Aya, aya. So when God says to you, Kodaya, you are a father of nations, Abraham. Abraham had to wait in time for 25 years to see the manifestation of the prophetic word. But when God spoke, it became. God, from the point he spoke to Abraham, never said you will be. You are Abraham, the father of nations. So when God speaks a prophetic word to you, though you live in time and you are waiting for a revealing, uh, you must play hookup to agree that his promises, they are yes and amen. You must agree that what his word or his mouth has spoken, his hand also has performed and will perform. So you live as though it's come to pass. Why? The Bible says that he's the one who calls oh, yeah, 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 the things that be not, not, not as though they were. Why? He lives in eternity and in him the past, the present and the future, they collide. I came to tell you that every prophetic word that God spoke to you is not something he is waiting to come to pass. In his mind, it is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Single lady, you are married. Single brother, you are married. Trusting God for the fruit of the womb, you are a mother of three or four. Broke, you are empowered economically. Hello, somebody, weak and frigid, you are strong and powerful. Why? He said so. You are the head, my God, not the tail. Above all, not beneath. I am who God said I am. I can do exactly what my papa said I can do. Said yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go deeper. Hallelujah.
Now, eternal life, please listen carefully, is not limited to time or by time. Hmm. There are many things the Bible talks about eternal life. Number one, number one, only God the Father can give eternal life because he has it to give. Ah, the Father God who is eternal gives eternal life. Number two, only Jesus, the Son, can give eternal life. First huh. John 5, 12, I believe it is. He that hath the Son hath life. Hello, somebody. So the Father gives life, the Son gives life, but only the Holy Spirit can give eternal life. The Bible talks about the Spirit that quickens our mortal flesh. In the words of Jesus in John 63, said the words I speak unto you, they are not letters, but they are spirits and they are life. So the spirit is a life-giving spirit. So Adam was made a living soul, but Jesus came after the order of the life-giving spirit. So the father gives eternal life. The son gives eternal life. Guess what? The Holy Spirit gives eternal life. But I want to point you to some that we easily overlook. Look at John 17. This will bless you. Oh boy, help me. John 17. Let's begin from verse number 1. These words, oh I feel like jumping, spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said oh, multimedia sound. Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify who? Thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give, oh boy, who should give? His son. He should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Please listen. And this is life eternal. Slow down. That that they may know thee. Wow. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. So eternal life is not only duration. Is a quality of life. It's called in the Greek Zoe, the God kind of life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you see, it's a life you receive, listen carefully, but it's a life you grow in walking in. Oh. He said here that eternal life is tied to us knowing Jesus. Knowing the Father revealed to us in Christos, the anointed and is anointed. So the Lord gives us a parallel text for the entire year where we should get the thrust revived to revive. What is it? Daniel 
1132 B says, and they, my God, that do know the Lord who? Their God shall be what? And then what? So they shall be strong, step one. Then they shall do exploit, step two. So ultimately, the desire of our God is for you and I to do exploits as the body of Christ. As I said, as saviors. I'm not preaching heresy. It's in Obadiah 121. Check it out. It's there. All right. <laughs> it's there. And it says, the, the, the entire earth waits for the manifestation. Not of the Son of God. No. The Son has come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now is the time for the sons. Do you believe that? Let me give you Bible. John 9, in the words of Jesus, he said so about the blind man. He says, as long as I am in the world. As long means time bound. Come on, come on, come on, come on. As read the Bible. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So my question is, what happens when you're not in the world? Who is the light? I, come on, it's just Bible. So if you're not here, who is the light? He is the light of the church. But as far as he's concerned, church is the light of the world. So see the light from our head, we go forth and shine. So the pride of any good husband who is secure, men is secure, is to watch your wife shine. Let her be the best she can be. Don't be so intimidated. You want to cage her. She's praying more than you, preaching more than you, has more money than you. She's better. Come on. That should be your glory. That's your crown. That's my crown. Let her roll and shine. I, that's the, my light of the world. Hello, somebody. So Jesus is the light of the church. But guess what? The church is the light of the world. I see light rise from Rot to Nigeria. Light out of darkness. In government, in polity, education, oil and gas, health and stuff. Light from Rot. Shout yes, here we come. Here we come. Here we come. Here we come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you shall know the Lord your God. You shall be strong. So, so eternal life is not just to be born again only. A major aspect of eternal life is to know him. This was the, this was the obsession of Apostle Paul. I count all things was a man of pedigree, a man of degree, a man of letters, a man of whatever. A lawyer of all lawyers. Known as a, as a, a top a Pharisee. But he said, haven't encountered this light in Ruth Damascus. There was a light that was brighter than my own pride. From that day, said, I count all things for dung. You know what dung means? Oh, let's go what it is. It's people. This is that means your your name you be big man hey, I'm, I'm one time VP's son I have three cars I'll be a fine boy fine girl Rolex Gucci I'm 
seven degrees here. Yeah, I went to Harvard. Do you know who I am? We are the apostle of this day and age. I count not some things, not few, not most, all things, but dark for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. To know him is wealth. Yeah, 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 yeah. To know him is wealth. Because he that knows him, my God, you're more powerful than anybody with name, with power, with whatever it is. Why? You can't know God and not, not be known by men. One of my mentors says that all I need to do is to get to know him and he will make me known to the world. See him. Seek him first. He'll make the rest come. Are you still here? All right. Ah, I want to get somewhere. Now, please listen carefully. The way God created, as you know, in Genesis 1, was largely by his words. And God said, and God said, and God said, and each time he spoke, what he said became a reality. Please listen. It's important to cut this part of the message. When it was time to create man, yeah, he went beyond just saying. He did say, let us make man in our image. And I, he did say. <laughs> but personally, in addition to saying, the Bible tells us, I believe in Genesis 2-7, and God formed man, please listen, from the dust of the earth. Step one. Really not step one, that's step two, but I'll, I'll explain. Step one. Form man, and then he breathed into man. Hiya. You know how you, you, you get a balloon and you blow? Then, and man became living soul. Hiya. In all of creation story eh, God spoke things into reality Ayah. when he came to man he touched the finger of the creator touched he went beyond words to touch to touch touch speaks of intimacy touch speaks of feelings touch speaks of relationship. He spoke things to be. He spoke the galaxies. He spoke the stars. The Orion. The seas. He spoke them and they were. But he formed man. And then man became a living soul. So in the creation of man. Listen carefully. <laughs> man has an eternal dimension spirit bokote 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 but man is the only one that has also a physical dimension body are you here before the fall of man it wasn't a problem man's spirit was in charge the flesh was under subjection and the fall of man is a reversal Man began to live no longer from inward outward, but outward inward. But the point is this. Don't miss this point. Man has an eternal dimension and man has a physical dimension. 
Psalm 33 verse 6. The Lord, with the heavens and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. So all was made by breath. All God formed man of the dust of the earth and breathed into man. Breath of life. Man became a living soul. The result of this, please listen, is there is a tension in man. It's a tension between knowing that you carry eternity inside you, but also being faced with the reality that you are in touch with the physical, the body. It's a tension. And two reasons for this tension. Number one, Ecclesiastes 3.11. I read from the NLT. Yet God has made everything beautiful in his own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people can see to work from beginning to the end. What has he done? He has planted what? Eternity where? In the heart. Not the body. Not the mind. So, deep within, you relate with this message that is true. It's, it's eternity. You know it. Why? There is eternity in the heart. Yeah. But also... The contradiction is we dwell in a physical body that gives us so much reality of the physical. The tension. Eternal is pulling you and the physical is real. Oh yeah. Are you still here? Stay with me. The other reason is why there's a tension. Please listen. After the fall of man, man's spirit broke fellowship with God. The God of Eden. And from that point in time, God set in motion redemption. Why? Something of his. Oh yeah. What is that? Breath. is still in man. Even though corrupt, even though turned away from him, he longed, listen carefully, to reunite and reconcile with that part of him that he placed in man. It was treasure to him. And sending Jesus, the revelation of the Father in a human body, as it were, was his means. Listen carefully. Please don't miss this. His means of reconciling man that was lost back to him. Are you here? John 12, 32. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. What was that concerning Jesus? Luke 19.10 I came not to be served. I came to seek, seek, seek. What was he looking for? That precious thing he left in man. Oh yeah. That's why he loves the sinner. He loves unbelievers. He's a friend to sinners. Why? There's something precious that the enemy corrupted, he seeks to redeem back. I came to seek and then to save. And I came to be a ransom for many, really for all. John 3.16, death for the whole world. So there's a tension. Hear this. James 4 verse 5. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit 
he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Read again. Let's read again. Do you think, NLT, the scriptures have no meaning? Please listen. They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. What's going on here? Simply saying, I put something in man. I really want back. I want to be redeemed. I can't force it. I can't compel it. I pay the full price. But it's for man to unite with me by virtue of choice. I present before you life and death, good and evil. Jeremiah 30, 19. I wish that you choose life and you live. So God is saying, I've done my bit. I came to reconcile you. But will you accept me? Listen carefully. That is why, beloved, even in the heart of unbelievers, there is something in them that can never be satisfied until they meet Jesus. Yeah. Not money, not wine, not women, not sex, not alcohol, not drugs. All those pleasures are but nothing. There's still a missing piece of the puzzle. Ayah. That's what happened to us when we walk up the altar somewhere sometime and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. From that moment, very clearly enough, it's like what has been missing all these years of your life. Hiya. Somehow, like a puzzle, just boom, boom. Joy, peace, ecstasy. Around you, nothing may have seemed to have changed. Same white shirt, same pants you wore, trousers, same amount of money in the bank account. Nothing seemed to change, but everything changed within you. You found peace. You found shalom. Why? The one who created you has now been reconciled to you. Hallelujah. That eternal part of you now connected to the one who alone can fire life into your spirit. Will you rise on your feet? Hallelujah. Can you thank God for eternal life? Ayayah. Eternal life is eternal life. Not just in length but in quality. Lift your voice and thank the Lord for eternal life. Ayah. We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. We've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Can you thank God that I'm born again, blood washed, blood bought, child of the living God? Tell the Lord I'm grateful you ransomed my soul from the grave. That eternal part of me in my spirit has now been quickened. I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. I'm not dead, I'm alive. I can sense the Holy Ghost. I'm alive, I'm alive. The Bible says, at the scent of water, even the tree that is dead and drying will be quickened again. The Holy Ghost brings upon you. You said yes, you became alive. Jesus made you alive. God the Father made you alive. Can you thank God for eternal life? I'm born again. I'm blood washed. Child of the living God. Oh boy, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Can you declare the clear? Holy Ghost, quicken my mortal body. Quicken my mortal body. My heart, my kidney, my liver, my pancreas, 
my judge, my eyes, my esophagus, cerebral system, nervous system, ocular system, muscular, holy ghost, cricket me, you carry eternal life, are you praying, crash this blood pressure down to 12080, oh boy, holy ghost, let my cardiovascular system function maximally, optimally. Hey, Holy Ghost, let my eyes be corrected. 2020 vision. Do you believe the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you? Believe the Lord. Our, the quickener is quickening you. Life by the Holy Ghost. Life by the Father. Life by Jesus. Hallelujah. We learned a moment ago that eternal life is to know him. John 73. As we pray over the communion table tonight, we want to ask the Lord to open our eyes to know him. Aya, to know him. Every veil before us lifted. <laughs> every scale over your eyes. Every spiritual cataract busted by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Every wax in our ears, making our hearing to be dull, blown away at this table of covenant, that you may know him, that I may know him. The fellowship of his suffering, the power of his resurrection, if by any means he said, I will come to conformity of his death. But know him. Father, we thank you. We're grateful. Can you thank him for the blood sacrifice of Jesus tonight once more? We must never take such price he paid for our liberty for granted. Give him praise. Hallelujah. For as many who are here not born again, it's your moment to come up higher. To come up higher. To come up higher. There's a higher life. It's a higher life. I want you to pray with me tonight from the depth of your heart, meaningfully. Let's pray together as a family. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, by the blood sacrifice of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I open my heart as I embrace you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me all of my sins. With my heart, I believe unto righteousness. With my mouth, I confess unto salvation. I am blood washed, blood bought, child of the living God. Thank you, Jesus, my Redeemer, for all of the blessings and the benefits that appertains to redemption part of which is found at the table of covenant thank you for light revelation understanding wisdom strength vigor vitality favor and rest roundabout i receive these and much more in the name of jesus we believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.